In today's world, we are increasingly dependent on technology. Our business and personal lives rely on it, but as you've probably noticed, it's unreliable. They promise it'll get better, but it usually gets worse. Our computers are slow, so we end up squinting at smartphones and tablets. We live in constant fear that something's going to happen to our personal data. So we're scared into paying for fake protection that proves useless when disaster strikes. Update attacks, fake Wi-Fi, cloud control, and other industry scandals are designed to keep the money flowing. The jokers we pay to fix our stuff have no clue what they're doing, so they do a virus scan and then wipe out our precious photos. Intelligent, successful people feel intimidated by the chaos and think it's somehow their fault. If they only knew what the industry was doing to them, they'd get torches and pitchforks. If only we had someone to explain it all in plain English so we can start protecting ourselves. Oh wait, we do! It's the Computer Exorcist Podcast with your host, Mark Anthony Arena. From the Wallace Memorial Microphone in my home office somewhere in western New York, it's the Computer Exorcist Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in this week. And remember, if you want recommendations or if you want uh, to know how to support the show, then check out my recommendations page on my website, thecomputerexorcist.com. And if you like what you've been hearing, then check out my site, becomeanexorcist.com where you can buy all the training. There's 40-something training documents. You can buy them at your own pace and learn. Eventually, I'll do training videos to go along with that. Okay, so today's episode, we're going to keep going with our series on automobile-related articles. I'm going to make an effort this time to do a little less tangents. I mean, obviously, the point of this show is for me to read articles and then give my take on things, but I will try to go off on less tangents this time. Okay, so this is from Car and Driver, March of 2020. Daniel Pund, uh, Tin Ears is the name of the article. The Porsche 911 gets a pair of acoustic sensors just as its drivers are likely to have stopped using their own. As a regular driver of new cars with all manner of sensors, warnings, chimes, buzzers, um, I have beep fatigue. Every morning as I back out of my driveway, I'm greeted by a chorus of beeps, buzzes, and bongs because whatever vehicle I happen to be in goes into full panic mode. The route from my backyard uh, parking spot to the street is sort of a low-speed autocross course. Because I never remember to turn off the parking sensors, I've grown inured to the cacophony. Only cars with rear automated emergency braking get my attention anymore because they slam on the brakes for me when there's a bush nearby. I bring up my petty annoyance so that you will understand why it took me so long to consider a warning recently presented by a Porsche 911. I was trundling along on I-75, and then, bong, caution, please adapt driving style, switch on wet mode. I've been conditioned to think, whatever, in these circumstances, but ten minutes later, bong, caution, please adapt driving style. This happened at least three more times. 
as I try to make a very important appointment with Panera Bread. Finally, I took decisive action. I texted Porsche Public Relations. Why is your car trying to tell me what to do? It didn't occur to me to ask how the vehicle knew that I was driving on a wet road. I assumed it must have recognized that I had the wipers on. But wait, since traffic was light and the storm already passed, I didn't have the wipers on. Turns out there are acoustic sensors in the front wheel wells that can sense the difference in pitch between a wet road and a dry road, uh, is what Porsche replied to him. The car automatically sets the stability control system into a program designed for wet conditions, even if you, like me, ignore the warning. Switch the vehicle into wet mode, and it softens the throttle response, extends the wing at speeds above 55 miles an hour for more downforce, and that's good, you know, that makes sense, you need more downforce when it's wet, but I just don't like that it's beeping at you, okay? And an all-wheel drive models uh, diverts some of the torque to the front axle, okay? Now, it's true we long ago developed silica-based sheets of transparent material that we wrap the car in. Through this so-called glass streams electromagnetic radiation, a portion of which our eyes can detect. With this information, we've been typically able to recognize the presence of moisture on a road. Okay? You look through something called a glass window, and you use your own freaking eyes, your own optical sensors, and you see it's wet on the road. Okay? So I wouldn't mind... Um, in the user manual saying, hey, when it's wet, you can set the wing so that it sticks out and gives you more downforce. But this nagging and attacking and nagging and attacking and shame on you, shame. Look, we go through life in our cubicles getting yelled at. And we get yelled at by our spouses and our kids and our neighbors. And, and now our technology is yelling at us and punishing us? There's got to be a better way. Okay, and, and I'm going to say this in my next book. There's... Yes, you know, I'm always interested in teaching people how to live a better life, but you don't want to do it by nagging and attacking them, right? That's what, what actually, that's the reason for my business. I turn off the nagging and attacking and the pop-ups and criticisms and condescension. Shame on you. Here's how to live your life, right? The little messages that stab the corner of the screen in Windows 10. Here's how to live your life. You should be doing this. And Apple punishing you for using your phone for too many hours and changing the color of your screen. We know what's best for you. Shame on you. Anyway, let's, uh, let's finish this up before we go off on a tangent. Still, that a car can use mechanical ears to sense the conditions in which it's being driven is impressive. Of course it is, right? Again, it's all in how you use the technology. Such ability will come in handy in our increasingly automated future. Someday it can be sufficiently trusted so it can automatically tailor the car without the human intervention, which would mean no more beeping. But for now, I prefer that it just continue to bong at me so I can ignore it. Okay, look. <clears throat> That's the end of the article, so here's my take. Look, no, it's evil. It's all evil. It's all evil. It's all a, a false sense of security. It's all fallible garbage. And it's just... Um, it's what I say, it's a violation of our humanity, right? Shame on you. You shouldn't be able to do this. Look, folks, let's, let's be honest here. This isn't a car telling you what to do. This is some scumbag designer telling you that you don't know how to drive, telling you that you're an idiot. 
And unfortunately, people just aren't raised right anymore. I mean, I had the best teachers in, I had the best driver's ed teacher, my dad, and even my doctor taught me how to drive and so many people. I get that. But remember, this isn't the technology criticizing you, okay? And this just popped into my head now, but it's very, very important. This is the designers attacking you, okay? And finally, in my opinion, this is why the old cars are worth so much more, okay? This is why the old Porsches are worth more, especially them. Because, yes, they were quality, but they weren't designed by chaotic idiots with no self-control, okay? The old Porsches were superior build quality and materials, but they didn't have billions of bings and bongs and buzzers attacking the driver and shaming them. When you get into a Porsche or any car... You want to be coddled. You don't want to be criticized and controlled and shamed. Okay? All right, here's one that I find especially triumphant. Car and Driver, April 2020. Broken Dreams. Automakers and suppliers are being increasingly honest about the challenges of autonomous driving. A few years ago, driving was over. We would become passengers in our own vehicles as the autonomous revolution took over our roadways and garages, right? In 2016, CEO Ford told the press that his company intended to have robo-taxis in 2021. Everything was changing, right? Because they promise and they promise and they promise and, and they get you excited. Just like those scientific journals. I read one from 20 years ago that promised to, to end RSV. That was 20 years ago and guess what? It didn't, okay? I think it was actually the MIT magazine that, that we read in the past. Uh, it was one of them anyway. And, you know, so they promise big things because they know people have goldfish memories. Um, and they're also overzealous themselves. They promise big things and then it never actually comes to pass. Okay, so don't worry about things. That's something I used to get myself upset over everything. And I'm starting to realize, even as I say it, that it's all hype. And none of it's actually going to come true. It's all garbage. It's all hype, and it, it, even if it does, it'll take a long time. Everything was changing, but then it didn't. That's so well said. The advent of the autonomous vehicle has been delayed more than a few times. Humans take the cognitive load of driving for granted, but building a computer system that can match our abilities is extremely difficult. It's also expensive. Again, as I always say, the mind of man is holy. It's a lot harder to emulate the human mind than these people think. Years of research and development are still needed before level 4 autonomy, in which the car can safely perform all the driving, but only in limited areas, is accessible. Rushing the technology could have catastrophic consequences, right? So start by getting... Here's my opinion on this. I mean, I hate all of it, and I want all of it to stop. And I don't want laws against it, I just want to create awareness that it's a giant power control grab. It's a power grab, and it's a control scheme, and it's a giant scam, and it's trying to take away your humanity and your rights. But if you're going to do it, you know, I thought about this. Focus on getting the first couple steps right before you leap to the end. And this is a lesson for myself, too, believe me. I'm so eager to save the world with, with my ideas that I don't st stop and do one step at a time. So if you're going to do this, folks, you know, look at cruise control. It came out about 40 years ago, okay? And people got used to it, and it's okay. They didn't try to immediately force autonomy down people's throats 40 years ago, did they? 
we did cruise control. I'm okay with cruise control. That's great. And then maybe five years ago, ten years ago, we started seeing the popularity of uh, radar cruise control, okay? And then I actually used it in my buddy's mom's car, and it was great, okay? I'm still aware of what's going on. It's just that cruise control is now useful to me. Before, I would use cruise control, and then, oh, come up behind a car, oh, come up behind a car, okay. But this this uh, radar cruise control is great, okay? It was in a Camry, and originally started a Mercedes S-Class, and it's now trickled down to, to cheaper kinds of cars. And I put on cruise control, and if we approach a car in front of us... The radar cruise control says, hey, there's a car in front of us. Okay, fine, we slow down a little bit. So let humanity do that for a generation, okay? We got used to cruise control. Now let's get used to radar cruise control. And then maybe we'll do the the lane sensing where the car keeps itself in its own lane on the highway, right? Let humanity get used to this stuff, okay? And, And honestly, honestly... Um, the, this industry loves the, the frog in the boiling pot thing, right? They, it would really, if you're an evil genius, you would think you'd want humanity to get involved in, and addicted to this stuff slowly because their haste usually gets in their own way and usually exposes them for what they are. So yes, I hope that they continue to be hasty and sloppy and ruin everything so that people see it's a giant sham, but look, yeah, you might want to start by having some little bit of technology here and there that humanity can get used to, okay? Anyway, self-driving in 2018, a self-driving Uber vehicle struck and killed a pedestrian in Arizona, and I talked about that story years ago. In the wake of that tragedy, and with realization that no amount of hype would solve the technical challenges companies have adjusted their timelines, okay? And also, no amount of hype would cover up the fact that their automatic car killed someone, okay? It it mistook the person for a deer or for a road or something crazy. And we talked about the other day about the AAA studies that said most of the time, most of these autonomous vehicles do the wrong thing, okay? Um, auto supplier Magna said they will focus on level two driver assistance systems in which the vehicle can steer, accelerate, and brake with human oversight. Okay, fine. Like I was saying, focus on just one step at a time. Those can be enhanced to better serve drivers. Manufacturers are backing away from aggressive promises too, right? Nissan has admitted that it's unlikely to produce self-driving cars before the end of the decade. GM, which had previously promised to sell an autonomous vehicle by 2019, has not announced an updated projection. Well, we all know why, because as we said a couple days ago there, they were, they teamed up with Microsoft. I can't even say it without cracking up. They teamed up with Microsoft. That's like teaming up with Cinnabon or McDonald's for healthy eating projects. Okay, where were we? Toyota has relied on a two-track strategy. One track, called Guardian, is designed to prevent accidents using emergency braking technologies. The other, Chauffeur, is a self-driving research program. Guardian Research feeds into the Chauffeur program. Okay, great. When Toyota does figure out self-driving, it will have done so via the level two features we're already using. And that makes sense. Again, they're just doing one step at a time. So it's, it's what I was thinking. Mobileye says the company is still on track to launch a level four ride hailing service in 2022. Ha! 
well, here we are, and 2022 is over, and we saw none of that. That's very comforting to, to me. That's very comforting to know that this is just a giant scam that they want people to invest in. And luckily, we hopefully won't ever see this, this terrible reality. Mobileye is betting that the knowledge it has gained from building driver assistance systems for BMW, Honda, Nissan, and Volkswagen, as well as the maps it has built using anonymized data from vehicles, okay, they were using your behavior, uh, and that's, that's very iffy, will make, help, that goal, help make that goal a reality. Mobileye is also working on true redundancy. So they use LiDAR technologies in one test car and radar technologies in another. And when all the hardware is brought together, the company can be confident that the car can continue to operate even if one part of those sensors fails. That's cool. I like that. That makes sense. You know, and, and, and actually Tesla is not using any LiDAR and radar. They're just using cameras, I think. And, and that's actually, as much as I love Tesla, that's not a good idea. The industry needs to come together to create common standards for autonomous vehicle systems before the technology makes its way into consumer vehicles. Yes, thank you, that's important. But again, that's coming from an industry where everyone's a filthy slob and writes his own rules and doesn't care to obey industrial standards in many, many cases because they're too interested in locking you into their own magical walled garden platform. CEO of Toyota Research said how safe is safe enough. More people are starting to grapple with this, right? And again, that all boils down to instead of individual situations, because every individual situation in reality is different, instead of that, they're letting a handful, seven or eight programmers, control all the cars in the world and make moral decisions in a blanket situation instead of realizing that every situation is completely different. And that's just like anything else, right? All the laws, right? I want to call for reforms and call for laws and we need laws. And those are blanket sweeping generalities that are the least efficient at dealing with individual situations. That's why we have human judges, okay? Judges are human beings, so that we treat each case differently with the law. And it's the same thing here. We need human beings and human judgment when you're driving to know the individual situations instead of an evil computer that's, you know, mass-produced so that every brand, you know, every Hyundai and every Ford and every whatever plays by the same rules created by a handful of programmers who've never seen the real world before. And that's why you got cars mistaking people for deer, and mistaking people for trees, and cars that detect disabled vehicles in the side of the road, but smash into them nonetheless. Because autonomous technology is a blanket thing that doesn't understand individual situations. <clears throat> and they have a little graph that says peak of inflated expectations, and then as time goes on, you realize you have a trough of disillusionment. And then you have a slope of enlightenment and then a plateau of productivity. And that's kind of, that's been my case in life, right? Like I have huge expectations that Mark Arena is going to save the whole world. And then I realized, okay, wait a minute. I can't just hire people and save the world. I have to create my training program and get my speeches out there and all that. And then all, so I'm enlightened and then afterward I'm productive. So that's kind of neat. <clears throat> okay, folks, a couple more quick ones. Autoweek.com, April of 20. Honda adds more dials and fewer touch controls in the UK, and we wish the US were next. Most manufacturers are leaning heavily on touchscreens, but Honda's going back to analog controls for its compact cars in Europe. Hallelujah! 
especially things that need repeated touches like raising your temperature. A dial is much more straightforward way to go, right? And again, this is what happens when you have bean counters who want to save a penny on the knobs and you have evil software guys who, who just want to make everything software controlled but apparently have never actually driven a car before and don't realize you need volume knobs and temperature knobs, okay? Why don't we just get rid of the pedals and make them touch screens? That'll be a good idea. Your feet will just tap them. Yeah, that'll work all the time. Yeah, touch screens are totally reliable, aren't they? We changed from touchscreen to dial operation as we received customer feedback that it was difficult to operate intuitively. Thank you. So Honda actually got feedback and actually cared and acted on that. Incredible. You had to look at the screen to change the heater setting, right? You can't just reach down and touch a stupid touchpad. Okay, you had to look at the screen to change the heater setting, therefore we changed it so you can operate it without looking, giving more confidence while driving, right? What about all this distracted driving stuff? What about all that? They're trying to, to talk about your smartphones, but guess what? It's distracted driving is caused by evil touchscreens in your car, okay? I have an 04 car with a real volume knob and real mechanical knobs for the not automatic uh, heating and air conditioning, and I don't even use air conditioning, it burned out, and I don't even care, and I just reach over while I'm driving, and I can adjust the fan, and the temperature, and I can adjust my volume, and I can do whatever I want while I'm driving, and I'm not distracted at all, the only thing I'm distracted by is, is thoughts of, of how terrible my industry is, and how overwhelmed I am with work, so a dial is the much more straightforward way to go, you had to look at the screen to change the heater, so we changed it, imagine that, the reason most manufacturers got into touchscreens was the smartphone, right? Everyone was using it, so it was a no-brainer. The difference is when we're using our smartphone, we're hopefully not driving. They're still more distracting than just grabbing a knob and twisting it. Imagine that. Climate control, volume, tuning controls, all of these things are just easier with a dial. BMW iDrive can be controlled through a rotary knob by twisting and clicking. Okay, that's great, but it still requires your eyes to look at the menu, so it's not not at all right. It's, it's, that's you know, leave it to the people in my industry to say, oh, here's a knob, yeah, knobs are good. You know, like in Dumb and Dumber, pills are good, pills are good. So the industry say BMW says knobs are good, knobs are good, but they didn't bother realizing the fact that BMW's iDrive knob still requires you to look at the screen. So that's utterly pointless. They just have no brains and no logic. So much for tangents. Okay. Um, this new system will be popular with the company's aging owner base in the UK, because apparently the Honda Jazz is the choice for old people over there. That, that's their favorite car. And the voice controls could eliminate touchscreen debate forever. Or, because voice controls are evil, it could bring unprecedented frustration, right? Hey, folks, yeah, you ever use one of those voice prompts when you call your cable company? Ding, ding, what do you want? How can I help you? And you're sitting there screaming and yelling, and it's, uh, you know, you ask it for customer support, and they say, ding, ding, you want it salad with ranch dressing, right? No, no, that's even worse, right? Stop, stop it, stop, stop doing things, industry, stop doing things. So Honda already got rid of the slider volume control after numerous complaints. So dials all the way down, that's my dream, says the article. And that's right. I want no features, no anything, 
just dials, leave me alone, and I want everything to actually work reliably. We never had reliability issues with old cars with dials. They just worked forever. Okay. Autoblog.com, September of 2020. Lincoln Sync 3 Infotainment Review. Clean and eminently usable. It's a fancier version of the Ford Sync infotainment system. Many of the newer Lincolns might be vastly different in design and experience than their Ford counterparts, but infotainment software is still heavily shared. That said, Lincoln has made a great effort to make its version of Microsoft Sync feel more upmarket and premium. Alright, let's see what happens. Lincoln's snazzy new look can be customized with uh, color combinations, but the core interface remains the same. They generally all consist of muted tones that exude old-world luxury more than the heavy-handed blue hues of Ford. Okay. So I like that the core interface is the same, you know, so it's the familiarity. If you own a Ford and a Lincoln, you know, it's, it's going to be consistent, hopefully. But, sure, they want it to make it look a little prettier. That makes sense. Uh, Sync 3 has a bottom bar of quick toggle, commonly used apps, and a home button in the top left corner. By the way... Um, Apple was doing suggestion attacks where they suggest what apps you should be using on your Macintosh. And unfortunately, I just worked with a brand new Android phone recently, and I wanted to move an app down to the bottom bar, you know, the place where you keep the frequently used apps. And every time I dragged an app into or out of the bar, the, the app would just respawn and taunt me and attack and put itself back there. It was called a suggestion bar of apps that we want you to be using. It was the most infuriating thing in the world. Of course, I couldn't figure out a way to turn it off. So, side note there, newer Android phones have suggestion attacks where they put whatever apps they want on the bottom, and instead of just disallowing you from moving them, it respawns and attacks. Anyway... Um, so there's bottom bar of quick toggle, commonly used apps. Okay, they maybe hopefully those just stay the same. And a home button. Okay, great. You need a home button to get back to home. That's one of the greatest inventions ever. It brings you back home if you're lost in the weeds. It makes getting to any particular set of menus quick and painless. Great. Squared off icons are used within menus with large font. That's important. They're Lincoln users here. It's just like the Buicks of the late 90s when they, when they started doing large clocks. That was a really good idea. Large fonts and intuitive scrolling. Okay, because all these luxury cars, right? The only people buying luxury cars are older folks, and none of them are using any of this stuff. I bet you 1% of Lincoln and Mercedes drivers are actually using any of these evil menus. Okay, none of them need any of this. Even in the premium brands, again, go back to just build quality and leave it at that and get rid of the, the software and go back to knobs. That's what people actually want deep down. Stop force-feeding us this stuff. There are no redundant scroll wheels, so you'll need to be comfortable with a touchscreen. Fine. Thankfully, there are hard buttons on the dash for climate controls and audio functions. Thank you. Thank you. Believe me, that way some poor old person can buy a Lincoln and actually use it, at least for the audio uh, volume and climate. Uh, Lincoln Sync 3 is smooth and generally free of hiccups. Great. However, it's not infallible. Okay, great. And it's not as tablet smooth as BMW or Mercedes. That's cool. Um, 
And side note, sometimes it is about the stupid gimmicks. Um, I have an aunt who bought a Mercedes just because of the ambient lighting feature where you could uh, adjust the hue of the ambient lighting, right? So in other words, unfortunately, these people are lowering themselves down to competing based on gimmickry, if that's a word, right? People are buying these Mercedes and these BMWs for the gimmicks, because they have nothing left to offer. Just go back to competing on build quality and reliability. And like uh, Lexus st- came out and they wanted to compete, so they they increased the um, the quality of the dealership service, and they actually changed the whole industry. They inspired the industry to change how the dealers treat the customers. Stuff like that. Anyway, where were we? There are settings for a vast array of ambient lighting, okay? Hugely complex seat controls for the 30-way massaging seats, right? What about the freaking buttons, right? Why not separate buttons for your seats? That's the first thing you're going to want to do when you get in the car, and that's a safety issue. Ah, the old folks get in their cars and they want to use them. And a number of options for the excellent Revell audio system. Okay, great. Lincoln differentiates itself with a fully digital instrument cluster. Okay, Lincoln's uh, is simplicity taken to another level. Well, you just said hugely complex seat controls and a number of options for the audio system, but Lincoln's is simplicity taken to another level. No, my 20-year-old Chrysler is simplicity taken to another level. It has a volume knob, a heat knob, and I put in an aux jack. I don't even lock the doors, because who cares? Perfect. Uh, informing the driver of vital vehicle information. Okay, so they're talking about the digital instrument cluster being simplicity taken to another level. Well, fine, okay? It just has, just the driver of the vital, just informs the driver of vital things. Okay, fine. Our biggest complaint is the speed at which it moves through screens. There's a bit of lag. Speed this process up and it'll feel like a polished product. Well, you're not going to get that because it's Microsoft, Okay, we talked about this last time, how the Mr. Ford himself was driving a Ford powered by this Microsoft sink, and he got so frustrated he punched the screen and smashed it, and I don't blame him, and I bet you half the screens out there, or a good number of screens, more than we realize, have been punched. Simplicity and ease of use are the two overarching themes. Okay, thank you. Good, I hope so. Sure, you can experience energizing comfort in a Mercedes, and caring car in a BMW, even though BMWs actually torment their owners um, with billions of pop-ups and billions of failures and engine failures and sensor failures and pop-ups and crashes. Assuming you take the time to learn the intricacies and complex menus, the benefits are are much greater than Lincoln can offer. Okay, so they're talking about the, the German cars have complex menus and maybe they are benefits, but... However, there's a lot to be said for simple uh, software that gets the basic job done right. So, yeah, that's well said. That's what I was going to say there, is that no one actually needs any of those features. There's a lot to be said for simplicity. And on that note, no one's talking about this. Tell your friends about the show. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you next time. TheComputerExorcist.com if you want recommendations or if you want to buy a hoodie or if you want to buy a PowerTac flashlight. I have a coupon code on there. If you want an automated backup for your computer that's a lot better than Carbonite, then take a look. I recommend iDrive and I have a coupon code there. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you next time.